Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. There is no one across from me right now because, well, I'm recording from home because I'm just going to be sitting down and hanging out with Gareth today. So we've got some fun conversations about really what's going on in the movie industry. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. You can get a hold of us if you go to all of our social media. It's super simple. Just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation, or you can find all of that plus our email, which is bjgeeknation at gmail.com. I mean, right there, it's there. So I just told you. But you can also find all of that at bjgeeknation.com. You can find all of our older episodes and some more fun stuff. Now, let's get right in with this because the movie industry has been one of those things that has been, well, chaotic at best. And Gareth has a lot more information of what is going down. Also, a little bit of the previews for San Diego Comic Con and maybe a little bit of and maybe a little bit of that more sort of thing going on with that. So take a listen and again. Again, thank you so much to Gareth for hanging out with me. Gareth von Kallenbach, like I said, is joining us. And uh, obviously, he is the headmaster, the uh, content creator, the the driving force behind Skewed and Reviewed. You can find all that information at SKNR.net. And Gareth, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up in the online version. And you actually have some interesting news about the stuff that actually is not going to be there or be available. Correct. Yeah, it was interesting because a lot of people, myself included, had wondered what we were going to see because unlike traditional years, there wasn't a lot of filming done on certain things. And then, of course, the question was going to be, well, how are they going to do it on a visual thing? As people who have been there know, when you're in a hall with, say, 5,500, 8,200 or less, and they say, hey, there's no recording of any footage or images up on the screen. You know, you want to take photos of the cast and the panel, that's fine. Can't do this. You can control it. How do you release trailers and control them when millions of people are watching all over the earth? And people say, well, they release movie trailers all the time. And it's like, right. But these are usually very advanced things designed to generate buzz that don't necessarily come online at a later date or if they do it significantly down the road the whole point of it is like look back at the justice league the trailer runs everybody grabs their phone and starts going on social media hey this is a breakdown of what i just saw well that footage doesn't necessarily come out but millions of people retweet it spread it around spread it to different platforms generates the buzz so when the full schedule came out a lot of people were shocked that there weren't more movie panels. In fact, the only, you know, one of note that I saw of new films was Bill and Ted Face the Music. We've already had a trailer for that. True. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, well, and they even think about it like that. If you look at the old trailers and stuff that they would show at these uh, conventions, sometimes it was like some of the CG wasn't even in it or it was the very rudimentary. So that's a reason why they wouldn't want to show it off because it's the early preview of a trailer. So it stands to reason that's why they weren't doing that stuff. Well, see, you would think that, but see, the argument also was, they had months to plan for this. Like, for example, I remember mm. a few years, about six to eight years ago, um, time flies, right? <laughs> Disney at the D23 Expo during their live action film showcase 
had Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So they had just got everyone going by. They, they showed the poster for Age of Ultron or the logo to get everyone excited and unveiled the title. People want nuts. And this, of course, was a no-cell phone environment. They had Chris Evans come out. They had Anthony Mackie. They did some stuff. They showed a clip. And then they said, okay, we're going to show you a scene that we only just filmed last week. So it still has temporary effects. And that was the freighter scene. They also showed part of the elevator scene. So when you know something is coming, you can put it together. And we had this like list. Like, for example, the one that blew my mind was Godzilla versus Kong. We had been told weeks ago that the trailer had already been submitted for approval to the, you know, appropriate governing bodies. And I went through and I did this article about all these films that, to the best of my knowledge, either completed filming and are already in post-production or had a significant amount of filming done. And, you know, it was just off the top of my head. You could look at things like Dune, Suicide Squad. Yeah. You could look at, the Bat yeah, you know, Batman. Uh, all the way down the line, and you know the one that everyone kept thinking is the Eternals. We were going to finally get a look at that, maybe <laughs> yeah. get another Black Widow trailer, and none of it. And that shocked a lot of people because, as people know, Comic Con that isn't the big thing. They have so many panels you can't keep up with them. But it's the big movie reveal panel on Saturday in Hall H that people camp out for. Absolutely, and. You know, not that there aren't other very popular panels, but that is the one. That's the one where, like last year, Warner Brothers was there and Marvel was there. And, you know, people want to get in there and stay the whole day because it's big studio things, just massive amounts of stars, one right after the other. And then once I had some time to think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense why they're not there. Really? And, yeah, because... It's essentially the same reason why we're not having San Diego Comic-Con in person. And by, and by that, I mean, how do you go through the time, the trouble, expense if necessary, getting a trailer ready when you don't know when it's going to be able to be seen? That Oh, God. You know what? I mean, that's an amazing point at this point in time, because, I mean, people want to people want to go to theaters, but they want to be safe much more than that. And the way that the way the theaters are handling things, it, it, it's up and down, just like everything else. So when you can't go to a movie theater like I've one of my friends was in the live action Mulan movie and he's just some people got to see it at the premieres right before everything shut down one of the few and you know very fortunate people and he he's just hoping at some point it'll be able to go out and be seen but we don't even know exactly because we you know we look at tenant that's the one that everybody yeah. kept saying was going to restart the cinemas I have been told flat out from uh, various people in the industry that because of its budget, because people are going, oh, why don't you put it on streaming? Why don't you put it on video on that? There's a limit on how much money those can generate. Mm -hmm. They have a $200 million plus film. And then when you factor in the Hollywood math of uh, you know promotion, marketing, whatever, the, the run of the general thought is you got to make at least two and very likely in most cases, three times your budget before you start turning profits. So we're at about 600 million here. You're not going to get that dumping it over to a streaming service. and You're not going to get that video on demand. I have been told that they need 80% of the 
uh, booked screens to be available in order to make this financially viable. Wow. Then you have the curveball of even if those screens are all available and showing it, the theaters are going to be at reduced capacity. So now you've got another problem. And I think that's where the thing comes in because you sit there and you look at the films and I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just trying to be realistic. Yeah. The summer movie season is gone. And we're already seeing films saying, you know what? I don't think the fall is going to happen. Halloween Kills, for example, already said, forget it. We're coming October 2021. And they just, they dumped it. You've seen things like Candyman try to be a little more optimistic and push back. And you kind of get to that point where you're going, well, now we're left with the holiday films. And even that, I don't know, because... That's iffy. And I think that's the biggest problem because on top of all this, you know, let's, let's think happy. Maybe there's a viable treatment. There's a viable vaccine. We can start getting back to normal uh, as we get to next year. Here is the other problem. What do you do with all the films that have already been filmed that are already in post-production that were scheduled to go out next year? So now you have twice as many films to wow. come out yeah. at a time when people are still going to be possibly a little hesitant about going to the movies in, in mass again. And then you have the high probability that these things are going to cannibalize each other. Like the whole argument of studios don't put their own films out against each other, or you better be careful and not put a high profile film next to this one. And that gets to be a problem because then you have to take your big budget films and say, either I'm going to take my chances and throw it out against competition, or you have to move it to a quieter time of year and hope everyone else isn't doing it. And then, of course, you have films, as we mentioned, Halloween and holiday films. Well, you're kind of locked in on when you can put those out. You're not going to put a Christmas movie out in February or March. I mean, <laughs> sure, occasionally it's done, and I know people are going to say, what about Die Hard? What about Lethal Weapon? Those came out in the summer. Different things. They yeah. were first and foremost action summer action films that happen to be set during that time and that's the problem i think the whole industry is sitting here saying okay uh yeah we're sitting on these valuable assets and we don't want to just dump them to streaming or dump them to whatever and take a loss and take a write-off at the same time we have no idea when we're going to be able to put these out in a viable place to recoup our investment There's all the stuff we had scheduled, and you know there's going to be a mad rush when filming resumes. Now, one thing I want to ask you about all of this is that you talked about the video on demand and that not necessarily being viable, especially when it comes down to trying to make, you know, 600 to 800 million dollars just to make a film profitable. Do you think that the Trolls World Tour 100 million dollar quote unquote success story was kind of a a false success story when it comes down to it and is not going to be conductive to uh, other movies going out there? It depends on the type of film, because a lot of people looked at that and said, well, see, here's proof. Mm -hmm. But then the counter argument from I would make is right. But you can't tell me that's the same kind of money you would make in the theater. And some say, well, it made more money in this format than the previous one did and so on and so forth. And my take on it is right. But now you're missing the whole argument. That's a short term game. Now you have to say, well, what's going to happen? when you had it in the theater worldwide and it's did its theatrical run, then you release it to video on demand and make that money. Then it goes to home video. 
then it's offered over to the cable and the streaming services. So essentially, you took the theatrical cutout and went straight to the video on demand. Yes, it made more than it traditionally would have because the argument was very clear. People didn't get a chance to go and see it in the theater. Bottom line, though, we get all these people that come to me and say, oh, the theaters are dead, streaming's going to kill it, video on demand's going to kill it. That has not proven to be accurate because mm-hmm. despite everything, people want that massive screen, no matter how big your HDTV <laughs> is, no matter how good your sound system is, right. people want that big screen. And, you know, you can go on to the whole history of whenever technology at home has something, the theaters have a counterbalance. You know, color TVs came, so, you know, on and on and on down the line to, to stay ahead of things. And what have the theaters done now? We have bigger seats. We have seats that recline. We have restaurant quality service in the things, uh, you know, on and on and on. We have that Dolby Atmos sound that makes it sound like, uh, you know, it's completely around you and above you. And they're constantly finding new ways, higher frame rates. I'm told the new Avatar films are going to have just amazing new mm. 3D um, you know, stuff like that because they they advance the process that we last saw in the Hobbit films where they took James Cameron's 3D and then ran it, filmed it at a higher frame rate to give it, it you know, it kind of looked like a stage play at times yeah, uh, being acted out in front of you. So it'll be interesting. But the fact is people like their theaters. <laughs> and that's that's I mean, that's the truth. And I mean, it even stands to reason that everyone understands all of that, because uh, there are films that are going back to filming right now. You mentioned Avatar and we talked previously about how uh, James Cameron has gone back and uh, they finally after the quarantine have gone into that. But there are more films that are actually uh, resuming filming right now. Correct. Correct. Uh, some have already started and some are very close to resuming. Uh, for example, the Uncharted movie is finally Moving. This thing has been on and off so many times, directors coming and going. But you got Tom Holland and um, um, oh, oh, geez, Marky Mark. Uh, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. It's sad that I could still remember him as Marky Mark. <laughs> hey, and you know what? And everyone remembers that, at least as old guys. I mean, sorry, millennials. Uh, go look up some Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch stuff, I guess. up in canada jurassic world dominion or jurassic world 3 call it what you want that Mm -hmm. has resumed it had already started we've been told in england scotland the uk uh the batman has resumed filming again and uh mission impossible 6 they're filming 6 and 7 back to back but apparently 6 has resumed production again or is very close uh it was interesting to me the matrix 4 apparently is moving ahead in berlin and oh, that wow. was interesting because I had heard Chancellor Merkel was actually shutting things down again, but people had said apparently, you know, they're they're good. And it, it's interesting. Some of the things they do, like some of them quarantine the entire crew and they live in a bubble and others, you know, like New Zealand, they're in a, as they said, zero case environment right now. So you come in, you quarantine, government mandated, you're checked out and boom, there you go. They still test and everything, but there are ways around it. And the ones that I'm really curious about is in Australia, there was this thing, uh, they're doing another version of Stephen King's children of the corn. Oh, geez. And they were, I heard about 10 days from filming, uh, completing it when everything shut down. And then they resumed to film it. And apparently this has become kind of like a litmus test in the area because people have been asking the director, okay, how do you do this now? And how do you do this? And he was joking that once filming's done, 
he's going to be spending weeks uh, answering his emails from all these people <laughs> in the industry that are trying to learn the new thing because there is an extremely high-profile project that is going to start filming in Australia very soon. A little Disney-slash-Marvel film called Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings right? is set to film at Fox Studios Melbourne. Huh. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. Now we'll now we'll have three Marvel movies. <laughs> we're all wondering who we're gonna see. Right. And we already I mean, Black Widow is in the can, right? Like we're just waiting on yeah. the correct time to put it out. So I mean, there's gonna be so many Marvel projects. And like you were just talking about how how are they gonna stagger those? Because they want those movies to have like uh at least a four week run in the theaters. Exactly. I heard some things. Now th- this one kind of cracks me up. You may or may not know the NBA players are essentially in a bubble at the ESPN Sports Center out by Disney World. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're essentially they're in the hotels and stuff like that. We've been told that you know, and of course some of them are already griping. I don't like the food. I don't like the rooms. I don't like the Wi-Fi. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, yo. They're apparently trying to do things for them. Like for example, one of the things we heard Disney was going to do was they were going to allow them access to some of the rides in the park at a time when no one else is around. We've also heard that some of it is they'll possibly be bringing films like Black Widow, like Mulan to them and give them private screenings so they at least have something. And that'll be really interesting when they say, okay, okay, guys, you can't tweet about this, you can't do anything, because they probably won't because most of these guys have quite a few followers and they're going to want them saying, hey, just saw Mulan, just saw Black Widow, can't wait for you guys to see it. Yeah. So on and so forth. So well, and there have been, time. and the thing is, though, also, man, some of those celebrities don't even necessarily um, uh, understand the implications of putting out spoilers, uh, because on day one of a couple of these uh, projects, uh, like the first time someone went out to go see a movie, and like Thursday at midnight, they suddenly blurted out to the world to all of their followers major plot points, and people are like, "Dude, what the hell?" And he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize that there are so many fans out there." And I'm really hoping that maybe they just like, hey, let them watch it, but maybe just tell them not to talk about it so much. I would rather not have major plot points spoiled for me before I even get a chance to see the movie, you know? You know, exactly right. It's kind of like when we go to the screeners, some companies don't want us to have our phones. We have to leave them in the car and we check in. And that's very common with like the Marvel films, the Star Wars films, that sort of thing. Other companies don't care as long as it's turned off and they, they have security in the room. And we always kind of joked about it because some of them have taken it to the crazier level of you can't have your smartwatch. Okay. And I was like, you know, because they're like, well, you could be doing dictation from your smartwatch to your phone. And, you know, I always thought, well, that's absurd because considering studios watch this stuff very thoroughly and they especially watch the reviewers, like, do you not think they'd come down? on us like a ton of bricks if we were ever caught doing something like this. Yeah. You know, they'd, they'd go out of their way to make an example of you. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> like anything, I, I used to think, honestly, back in the day, it was kind of like hype to say, oh, man, look how big this is. They've got to have security and they've got to. And no, sadly, unfortunately, it's become a requirement because you do have people that do that. Yeah. And that's, so, the, that's yeah. the problem. I mean, you can say that like 95% of the people aren't going to do this, but all it takes is literally one person to do this to ruin everything for everybody. Exactly. And that's just <laughs> the sad thing about it. So, 
let's talk. Oh, about, there you go. Yeah, right. So this is all kind of like the the. Not, I don't want to say it's all bad news, but it's just up in the air news. What is some? What are some good things that you're looking forward to uh, from San Diego Comic Con uh, that you've uh, heard about so far? Well, the first one I, I circled was the Star Trek panel, and mm-hmm. one of the good things about uh, what they have is. As people know, if you go to their webpage, they have this breakdown of schedule. Like Wednesday is usually the preview night when we're all running around the dealer room or going to the activations. There are a few panels. Most of those are like community, special interest, um, educational panels, that sort of thing. As you get into the week, especially Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's when you see more and more media panels. Um, some of them, unfortunately, you are right up against each other like you have at a convention. The beautiful thing about it is a lot of them, they said they're going to try to keep the panels up. So if you don't see the one at the time it's scheduled, you could catch it at a later date. But the Star Trek one is definitely very appealing. We've been told it will be Picard, it will be Star Trek Discovery, and it will be the new show, the new animated show, Lower Decks. Um, hour long, they're going to have the cast there pre-recorded, but we've been told you might see some clips and stuff. So. At least, you know, the way I look at it is we're going to get stuff on Lower Decks. We're going to get stuff on Discovery. Hopefully, they're going to announce when the Season 3 premiere is going to happen, and then we'll probably get an idea of where Picard is heading. And just, like, do you – is the the television schedules – do they differ much more at this point from what you're seeing than the movie schedules? Uh, the movie stuff's pretty light. The TV schedule is very, very heavy. Okay. And um, so what they've done, like I said, I, I went through and the only, I mean, the only real movie stuff that I saw was Bill and Ted Face the Music and then like a reunion for okay. Constantine. Okay. But they went heavy on television. And part of this is because... It was my understanding that a lot of these things had already been in the works. For example, Snowpiercer was on TBS recently. They just concluded the first season. They shocked everybody by showing a trailer for season two immediately after wow. the conclusion of season one. Well, what I found out, and it made sense, I saw this thing at Comic-Con last year, had a cast interview, saw footage, so on and so forth. And, you know, there was that part of me going, well, they've already announced that they've already ordered multiple seasons of it. Why is it, you know, almost a year later and we haven't seen it? Boom, it pops up. <laughs> season two is already in the can. They've already started laying out season three. <sighs> okay. And it was just a matter of when do we put season three out? Uh, you know, when do we put season two out and you want to time it? Because when can we film season three to be timely, that sort of thing? And I don't know if they want to do kind of like reality shows do where they put two or three seasons out in a year or if they're simply going to do a year apart. But the one thing that everybody keeps forgetting is the animated shows are moving along very well because oh, yeah. you know the voice work, everything like that. So you're seeing uh, the stuff you would expect. Like we're going to see the Blade Runner animated show, which I'm really interested to see what they have. But you're going to see traditional things like Bob's Burger, Archer's, Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad. They're going to all have panels, and apparently they will all have hopefully some footage of what is what is coming up and what to expect. Um, from what I understand, Archer was done, and it was just, you know, sitting there waiting for stuff. But AMC has gone in really big. They've come in and said all three Walking Dead shows, and you know, obviously including the new one, and Nosferatu, boom, done. 
And so that was really interesting. And then, of course, you know, as you go through the list, the Amazon's there with the boys and that sort of thing. Uh, Marvel is showing off 616 and a few other newer things. But then you get people saying things to me like, well, where are all the CW shows? You know, that's that's yeah. a traditional block in Ballroom 20 on Saturday, especially the superhero shows. And I said, you have to remember, this is a different year. Number one, they haven't been filming yet. And number two, DC is doing their own event in August called the Fandome. Uh, and okay, yeah. you, know, they've got, uh, you can bet if The Rock is going to be there, probably talking up the future movies, wouldn't shock me if they, that is where they choose to talk up their thing. So, you know, it, it's a very different environment. And I think some people are kind of taking a look at We've got many, many years, 50 plus, 51, 52 years, showing what the impact of Comic-Con can be. And yes, the movies and stuff have a much more uh, huge influence now than they did back then, but it's established what the effect of these panels are. The question is going to be what the effect and impact is of virtual panels where for the most part, people are not going to be able to ask questions of the talent, which has always been a very big part of the Comic-Con panels, where they probably won't be getting first look, full episodes of upcoming seasons. Um, you know, clips might be a little sporadic, like Stumptown. They're doing a panel. I'm curious if they have anything to show because we don't know what they filmed or anything like that. Same with, uh, you know, go on down the list. And that's kind of the thing. It's going to be one of these things where, I was told that most of the panels are pre-recorded, and so you don't know. And then some have said they're going to allow the community to ask questions if you go to their website. And stuff. haven't seen much of that. On my side of it, normally by now we're flooded with meeting and interview requests. Come to the activation, come to this. Um, you know, Comic-Con did have us all, even though we had our passes verified re-verify that we were going to be doing online coverage, re-verify it was okay to give our contact information out uh, to media reps. So we've had like a couple of studios, I can't say anything yet, but one that I'm really excited over have said, hey, we're trying to put a series of, I guess they're going to be like um, Zoom calls together where um, two or three, four or five of us in the press are going to go into a room with the talent we ask our questions, move on from there. The last I heard is they're trying to debate between is it going to be audio, is it going to be video, that sort of thing. Bottom line is this is all a new thing. Everybody's trying to figure out how to make it work. And, <laughs> right. you know, I sit there and say, you've seen the videos. There's a lot of fun sitting down at that table. And, yes, people say, oh, it, it's this. It's fun, but it is draining, especially when you're doing totally. it four days in a row and catching panels and posting video. But it is fun to sit down at the table, boom, one or two of the cast comes down, you all have five or six minutes to ask your questions, they get up, next one comes down. Because, you know, that, that's part of the fun. And you're sitting there and, you know, you'll get things like, I still remember Josh Holloway sitting not two feet from me going, right in between while they were waiting for everyone to set the cameras up, said, you know, I had Gambit absolutely in the bag and then it all fell apart. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, just and, a little tidbits, and you'll hear you know? Stories and you're like, or, or, you know, Tom Jane, who I've interviewed many times, opened up this thing by taking a phone call, and we're like, okay, we're kind of on the clock here. What's going on? <laughs> it was his daughter calling because she insisted on coming to the convention, 
And then she was upset because the lines were too long, so she decided to call her dad. <laughs> dad. To see if he had any influence to get her into the panels. About. And he's like, yeah, honey, no, I can't help you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, honey. Uh... Like, these are the moments that just really make it stand out. I mean, people, the expanse. I remember Bobby when she was, uh, no, none of the press had met her yet. Her, She was delayed, and they had started the press roundtables ahead of the panel, and the whole thing was they were trying to introduce this new character to the press, and she came sprinting in the room in a dress, holding her shoes in her hand. <laughs> Apparently, she changed in the ride from the airport straight to the hotel by the convention, and it, little moments like that are, you know, like nearly plowing into summer glow, which my wife no jokes about you know uh, stuff like that and that's the beauty of it and that's kind of what i'm missing right now is the interaction with the fans and all that but that being said they have over 350 panels this is far more than anybody else has done i mean we've seen gaming shows that were essentially just a collection of clips and a lot of them were either really short Mm -hmm. or you had to wade through a lot of filler i mean there were there were tons of these shows where they were focusing on indie games and i'm like yeah not really my thing not really my thing so the fact that they've come up with four days worth of entertainment and they're doing everything they can that if there was something you wanted to see that you couldn't get to for work for you were watching something else whatever they're going to try to leave them up the beautiful thing is on the page not only is there the schedule there's the links to the various youtube pages to go to and it'll say this will be live 10 o'clock Saturday morning. This will be live 5 o'clock. Kevin Smith's doing a panel, and I know that's going to be interesting. It's so, going to be long. <laughs> you know, there is a lot of stuff there. There is a lot of stuff. And the beautiful thing is, as I'm going through my list, I was going through everybody and say, hey, everybody, pick your panel, see what you want to do. My main thing was cover what you want. If some of us all cover the same one, great. I just wanted to make sure there wasn't something golden in there. It slips through the list because, you know, finally, instead of our limited crew we can have a huge group of the staff that are covering comic-con yep mm-hmm. but even then there's more stuff <laughs> and i keep telling them like they're, they're people are saying to me especially the seattle staff oh my god it's so and i said guys this is nothing compared to what we deal with and i said imagine the the floor the dealer room the vendor you know the the activations the pop-up and i said oh yeah and then you're hucking a backpack full of cameras and video cameras and recording Jeez. equipment right and you're running several city blocks from the i said the convention center alone is just a small part of it and but i said that's the beauty of it it's just like four days of excitement but boy you crash out hard at the end of each day that's yeah sure. i get that now i know i mean uh there's going to be so much information and i'm going to be talking with you about san diego comic-con uh, i think probably for the next couple of weeks this is a great foundation for that uh if people want to talk to you or anything it's easy to find you just on sknr.net and all social media as well uh garrett thank you so much for this information breakdown about the movies and such and we'll be getting back with you with all of the lowdown on well not all of the lowdown because there's so much with san diego comic-con but we will be talking about all this real soon with you man thank you so much gareth no problem take care Again, you can find Gareth at SKNR.net. Skewed and Reviewed has a ton of information and always is on the cutting edge of what's going on out there, be it video games, be it San Diego Comic-Con, plus all the other conventions that we're talking about. We're going to be getting a lot of information from these 
virtual panels at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, but there's always going to be more than what we just cover on the podcast. So go check out Gareth at SKNR.net. He's been an awesome help with all of this. And if you guys got any questions for me or something you want to hear us talk about, let me know. Shoot me an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. 